The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. I had to let the music go for a couple seconds because it's such a glorious song as we are live on a very special UFC Vegas 13 preview show right here on the MMAfighting.com YouTube channel. The event goes down tomorrow night at the Apex in Las Vegas, and it's a pretty damn good card, ladies and gentlemen. Fascinating main event that once upon a time had some big stakes, but no longer. But more on that in a moment. We'll be live here for around 45, 50 minutes or so before I have to go sit in the darn school pickup line to pick up my kid. But thank you all for joining us. I am Mike Heck being joined alongside the Prince of Positivity. Happy belated birthday, to Alex K. Lee. How are you, sir? Oh, no. Don't tell people about that. That doesn't that does, I'm not a I, I'm not a child. I don't need to celebrate my birthday. I've done celebrating, uh, birth, you know, Patton Oswalt. I think many comedians have made a good point about uh, not celebrating birthdays once you pass like 21. You know, it's like, yeah, you hit 30, 40. But uh, thank you. What I mean is thank you, Mike. And thank you for anyone else who feels like uh, wishing me a happy birthday. It's it's it's, it's very welcome. Very welcome. And hello to you, Jessica, from the Crystal Crew. Also joining us, producer extraordinaire, the man who made mustaches cool a long, long time ago, Mr. E. Casey Lydon. How are you, sir? I can't. I feel like I can breathe now. Um, things are things are getting a little better. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a good. Um, my computer's going a little slow, so my I'm freezing a bit, but um, I'm good. Inglewood is good. So yes. There we go. Of course, we want to get your thoughts on tomorrow night's card, so feel free to leave your questions, thoughts, etc. in the chat, and we'll get to those in a moment. But first, AK, let us talk about this main event. A big one at 205 pounds between Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira. Candy, as Jessica pointed out so <laughs> eloquently. This is a fight that a lot of us, AK, have been excited about for a little while now. It's been booked and rebooked a few times, and it finally goes down tomorrow night. But one of the biggest reasons we were looking forward to this fight were the implications that seem to have been involved. Unfortunately, those are now off the table because the new light heavyweight champion, Jan Blachowicz, is going to have his first title defense against the middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya, in 2021. So, AK, what the, I, I understand what the UFC is trying to do here. They're trying to book the biggest fights possible. But, man, does the timing of this announcement, to quote Homer Simpson, it kind of sucked at a Leox, does it not? <laughs> oh my god the language uh well hold on we got to be clear about something two things one as as jose youngs would say if he was here this santos to share matchup 
is is it's it's official as far as Wayans go. We still have 24 hours, oh, more than 24 hours till they actually step into the cage. Fingers crossed, nothing goes wrong. I think we all want to see this fight. Secondly, the Vlahovic uh, Adesanya matchup that's not official either. I mean, yes, it clearly, uh, Dana. I do believe that Dana White, when he says it is in the works, uh, Adesanya has spoken. I, did 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 Jan comment on it at all? He did. He said it's going to happen in March, which is even crazier okay. to me. So the gear, the gears are in motion. I agree, but that's a long time away. I don't know if anything, anything's official yet. Uh, but yes, the point does stand that the picture looked a lot clearer before that announcement was made. Because yeah, Santos and Teixeira, uh, Teixeira's on a, on a really good win streak. He's finishing fights. Uh, Tiago Santos, of course, a lot of people thought he won the John Jones fight. They're eager to see him compete for the title again. So it seemed very logical. The winner of this fight. Boom, give him the title easy. Now, you're right. We have no idea. Uh, I still think I still think it's possible. Again, like I said, we don't know how negotiations are going with the Jan Adesanya thing. Uh, uh, I still think one of these guys, the win does matter a lot. Plus, again, we don't know. Guys fall out. Guys get injured for whatever reason. They can't fight. I think it's still a very, very, very important fight. And they become, you know, contender 1A uh, if the uh, Adesanya Blachowicz thing goes as, as they plan. All right, aka a little positive about this whole situation for these two gentlemen. But Casey, what are the guy? What are these guys fighting for tomorrow? Like, I mean, obviously they're fighting for a big win, but like the aftermath of it is the prize the winner of Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prohashka right now. Like Dana couldn't have waited another week to make that announcement to keep the sizzle on the steak here. Yeah, it's this is weird. I don't. It just seems like a fight. That's all. Um, both guys need to win. Both guys want to win. Um, maybe their main motivation is not getting knocked out by the man in front of them and that giant and that big paycheck they get. But um, yeah, I I lost a lot of interest in this fight because I was I, I just I mean I'm interested in to see it because it's a high level fight. But in terms of you know how it plays out in the uh, the order of the rankings, like whatever, maybe they might yeah maybe maybe Reyes um, Yeri winner, but. <laughs> It's just weird. It's just weird. I mean, you kind of said, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, cool. They're fighting. That's, that's what this whole card kind of feels like to me, honestly. All right. Let's let's talk more about the fight wow. itself, AK, because <laughs> Tiago Santos. Wow. I mean, I make they're good fights. I'm excited. I mean, I'm like, like I mean, but did it, you win, you stay where you are, you lose. Uh, all right. I guess you should retire. I don't know. <laughs> check out check out Zane Simon over here yeah. just, just poo pooing the UFC's efforts. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, please look up Zane Simon, uh, our, our bloody elbow compatriot Zane Simon. The fork, the unfortunate controversy he's gotten himself involved in. I I won't get into. It. I'll just say Zane Simon has done nothing wrong. All right, I'm just gonna say yeah. that. But uh, I I I just think it's a good I think it's a good fight, and that is enough for me. You're right. It sucks that the stakes aren't as clear uh, as we'd hope. But I I when it, when the fight was booked, I thought it was a great fight, like stylistically, and I think both guys still have a lot to gain. So I'm excited. So AK, we got Tiago Santos. He makes his return to action for the first time since the loss to John Jones, where he basically tore his entire knee to shreds. Still gave Jones a run for his money. A lot of people actually thought he won that fight. It's the first fight in around, I don't know, 16 months or so for Santos. And then you have Glover Teixeira, who hasn't had a title shot in like four and a half years, just turned 41 years old. He's won four in a row. He's finished three of those fights. And I think the most recent one against Anthony Smith opened up a lot of eyes. So with this division kind of potentially in a bit of a standstill after tomorrow night, I feel like every fight for Teixeira is sort of do or die for his title hopes. But how important is this fight for Tiago Santos in the grand scheme of things? 
Oh, man. I mean, it would be tough because as, as much as people think that he, again, won the John Jones fight, technically it is a loss in his record. Once you lose two straight, it shouldn't, especially if they're competitive outings. Again, like we said, we all saw the John, John Jones fight. We all saw how competitive it was. Uh, I think Saturday's fight will be a competitive one as well. I didn't think it's going to end up finish, but that, you know, I think it'll be second round, third round after both guys get to show kind of why they're, you know, why they're viewed as such strong contenders. So I don't think two losses should knock him that far back. But when we're talking about, again, kind of the, the stuff we've laid out already, potentially, uh, Teixeira would be ahead of him in line. Then there's the Blahovic-Adissonia uh, matchup. And then maybe John Jones comes back and and uh, and fights the winner. You know, if, if Izzy beats uh, 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 Jan Blahovic and we get that that grudge match that people have been hyping for so long. So if Tiago Santos loses, it could be a year or longer uh, before he's even in consideration for another title shot. And uh, so he, it's huge for him. But... Uh, he has so much uh, of a chance to put on like an incredible performance here. Uh, I won't quite give my pick yet. It may be surprising, but he really, really can do a lot on Saturday. Again, our first time we've seen him in a while. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, guys. So I think fans, if he, if he gets a big win, will be will be very much lobbying for him uh, to get, if not the next title shot, then the winner of uh, the winner of Blachowicz, Adesanya, depending what happens with John Jones. Yeah, and even if he wins, there still could be another year before he fights for the title. And if Glover Teixeira wins, then you're like, man, when am I ever going to get a title shot? But kind of building on what AK said, Casey, right now the odds makers have Tiago Santos around a minus 235 favorite. Really? Teixeira comes back at around a two-to-one dog here. Do you do you agree with these odds considering the run Glover's been on and Santos being out with a pretty devastating injury for over a year? Uh, no, no. Um- uh, you, you say Santos is the heavy favorite right now? Is that what you said? Over yeah. two to one. Minus, Over two to one. Yeah, minus two thirty-five. Yeah, that's weird. Um, no, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just weird. I don't, I don't let's say about that. I, I, I was actually, I'm picking Glover to win, but um, I mean, I'm kind of jump, jumping ahead, but yeah, uh, I just find that odd. I, I'm, I mean, a lot of times odds just go with the more popular fighter. I guess, I guess, I get that Santos looks to part more and but dude he's been out for a super long time uh and lovers i think just so i think lovers just really good and um i think yeah i just i'm picking glover to win <laughs> i was like I, I just don't agree with those odds but that's how yeah i mean i'm even looking at topology right now yeah um 80 of this is just straight pick them 80 of fans on uh users on topology are picking santos too so yeah not a love for, not not a lot of love for glover out there i guess don't i don't get yeah. it that's just um. So, that's what about you? What about you, AK? I agree. With, uh, I agree. I also yeah. I, saw, I saw the odds earlier today, and it's just just disrespectful. Like this reminds me a little bit of what happened with with Whit- with Whitaker and and Cannoneer. I was like, what 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 is this? Like, what have these fighters done? Speaking of uh, Tashera and Whitaker, what did these guys do exactly that made people lose such confidence in them? Uh, I don't understand. I guess Whitaker, it's because he had that one, you know, the loss to Adesanya was so one-sided. People don't view him as a champion anymore, which is insane. Um, and then to share his age, okay, which is fine. But Tiago Santos is, what, 36? It's not like Tiago Santos is a spring chicken. Uh, he's, he's in insane shape, of course, but, you know, we're splitting hairs. It's not like he's a super young prospect. Um, so I think it's totally just I don't mind Santos being favored, but two to one, well over two to one, is a, is a bit crazy. So I think, again, I think, like Casey, I've kind of given away what my pick's going to be, but I'll just say uh, don't put money on – I don't like to give people betting advice, but don't put money on Santos at minus 235. Seems senseless. <laughs> so you're going with Glover too? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, 
I think I'm between the links. I, I was leaning towards Santos to get it done early, but I guess the more I've thought about it, the more my mind has changed. Like, you know, Tiago's got big time power. Guy's a knockout machine, but even at 41, Glover Teixeira's got a chin on him, and he's only been finished twice in the UFC, and it's been a long career for him in the octagon. Like one was that late stoppage lost Alexander Gustafson in a fight that many would argue was Gustafson's best performance ever. And the other was to rumble Johnson in like 10 seconds, but that has happened to, to many a fight over the yeah. year. And I think the longer this fight goes, the better it's going to be for to share as strange as that may sound. So I think he's going to find himself in some trouble early, but I think he weathers the storm, and I think he stops Diego Santos late in the fight. I think he gets it done in the fourth round via TKO. I'm going with the upset, just like you two guys. Yeah, I'm going more uh, to share by submission, uh, maybe in the third or fourth round, uh, maybe even earlier. I think it sounds uh, now, now I'm the one being disrespectful uh, to Tiago Santos because I think Tiago Santos is a great fighter but uh, again I, I think to share I'll say this he has had issues with guys with uh, speed and athleticism uh, and you know maybe maybe like superior physical attributes we mentioned uh, we mentioned Gustafsson uh, Anthony Johnson of course in the past and then uh, you know Phil Davis you want to throw him in there Corey Anderson more of an issue with wrestling of course but uh, I think he's kind of figured that out. Because I think Carl Roberson is a guy I would consider a plus athlete. He grounded him, submitted him. Uh, Jan Kuchalaba, definitely a guy I would consider a plus athlete. He submitted him. So I think uh, to share what he's giving up uh, as he gets older, he's gotten so much smarter. You know, he's he's definitely a guy who he attacks weaknesses. Um, and Tiago Santos, is, his grappling defense has gotten better over the years. I don't know if it's good enough if this ends up on the ground and there, there's a prolonged grappling battle. So I do think uh, to share will be smart uh, and find a way to get this one to the ground and, and to submit him. You know, we keep saying. So that's the main. I like. We keep saying. Yeah. We keep saying. Teixeira is older. Glover seems like one of those fighters. I, I almost like the Nagara brothers. Like they were always kind of old. I don't know. I, I've never. Yeah. Like, I've never. I can't imagine Glover as a kid. Like I, I felt like he was just born <laughs> as like this kind of old rugged man, even as a baby. <laughs> he just reminds. And I, I. And I love that about him. That's not. A, I think that's awesome. <laughs> I love how the sun is coming through my window right now and just glaring this just light on the side of my head. But uh, <laughs> that's the main event. Co-main event, we have the former heavyweight champion of the world, Andre Arlovsky, taking on the surging Canadian Tanner Bozer. Bozer, a big favorite here, which is to be expected considering how good he looked as of late. And then you have Arlovsky, who has quietly won two of his last three. Clearly the biggest name Bozer has ever fought in Andre Arlovsky, A.K. You know, obviously, if you, if you followed Arlovsky's career, he's been in this position many times before, and he likes to play spoiler in these types of spots. What are your thoughts on this co-main event tomorrow night? I, I do like the matchmaking. I will say what I think a lot of fans are thinking, uh, that Claudia Gadelia and Yan Xiaonan probably should have been the co-main event. Uh, I understand the appeal of, you know, the UFC, when they don't know how to... How to uh, when they don't know how to line up a card properly, they usually default to how high up can we put a heavyweight fight, uh, which is a weird one in this case uh, because, you know, normally I guess they're anticipating some sort of crazy knockout. Arlovsky hasn't finished anyone in five years, uh, five years, Travis Brown, and uh, Tanner but Tanner Bozer could knock him out, which is also possible, but Arlovsky's pretty sturdy, so... Uh, it's a really weird choice for the Coleman event. I do like the matchup on paper because of the reasons you mentioned. I like that Arlovsky has a name. I think Bozier is a guy they see with some potential. He's got a good fighting style. He's got good personality. Very good on the mic. Great personality. Great mullet. Uh, he's Canadian, which, of course, I approve of. The pride of, uh, of Bonneville, Alberta. So uh, I, I think it's a good fight. Uh, and I don't... Uh, 
I won't give my pick just yet. I want to hear what you guys think about it. But um, yeah, as far as heavyweight co-main events go, it's not it's not the worst. You know, it's 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 worth putting up there, I suppose. But I think Adelia and Jan should have should have got the spot. I would agree with that, uh, Casey. One thing about Tanner Bozier and AK sort of alluded to it, and you've seen it on What the Heck back in the day. The man tells it like it is. Like he says what he feels, and the way he's approaching this fight is actually very refreshing to me. If he came out and said. I'm just going to go and smoke this dude. It's my time to shine. I'm going to be a champion by 2021. Like no one would blame him if he said that, but that's not what he's doing here. He's saying that it's going to be a tough fight. And if he doesn't mind his, you know, P's and Q's, he could go in there and lose tomorrow night. So what are your thoughts on his approach to this fight against a guy who would like nothing better than to spoil another party? Uh, no, Tan- Tanner's, Tanner's playing it smart. It's, it, it, Arlovski is one of those guys like you just don't kind of you don't trash talk him. It's like kind of talking. It just doesn't make any sense. Like he's he's obviously I don't know if he's a UFC Hall of Famer, but it feels like he should be. But just for his longevity, so yeah, this is um, I get why the UFC places on the co-main event um, when clearly the 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 Jan uh, Claudia fight should be the co-main event. But I think the UFC is putting a lot of eggs in their basket for Tanner Bozer. I think they think they see him as a future heavyweight star at least someone who can move the needle i don't know if he's a heavyweight i don't know if he's ever gonna be a title title contender but he's clearly a guy that will fight often they can put him on any card against anybody and uh they just like him and uh he's he he fights exciting um he's good on the mic but not in a trashy way just you know he just kind of says it out like you say he's just he just even though he doesn't talk trash you feel what he's saying at least is authentic and coming from the coming from the heart and not not just kind of BSing answers just to make the media happy. So uh, yeah, I, I like I like Bozier's approach to this and um, yeah, if he just came out, go, oh, I'm gonna whoop up this old man. Like nah, that's and like and like when fighters trash their opponents to like oh like Arlovski's old, he sucks. Then what's the use of beating him? It doesn't it doesn't move you up. So by by Bozier actually just you no. Know, not downplaying Arlovsky's, um age or whatever, you know, his skill set right now um, is smart. The man's smart. It's pro wrestling 101 right there. Yeah. But uh, that all said, AK, are we going with the Canadian or going with the former world champ here? Let me, let me read off some Arlovsky stats while I put off this pick. Uh, 33rd, <laughs> his, his 33rd <laughs> appearance is the most among UFC heavyweights. Uh, he has the most UFC heavyweight wins, 18, 18 and 13, uh, one no contest. Tied now, uh, he'll be tied tomorrow night for the third most UFC appearances with Jeremy Stevens behind uh, Jim Miller and Don Cerrone, who both have 36. Uh, fourth most UFC heavyweight KOs behind Kane and JDS at 10, Derek Lewis at 11. He has nine, uh, Ardolaski has nine knockouts. He's been on that number for a while. And uh, 41 years old, oldest fighter on the card. 41 years young, we should say, for the pit bull. Uh, I have to go with Bozer. I think it's just a sensible pick. Again, Ar- Arlovsky has surprised in the past. He's beaten. He has beaten guys who are young. I'd, I'd say he surprised against uh, Taito Ivasa. Um, the Walt Harris fight was a split. It was a very competitive fight, and a lot of people expected Walt Harris to just blow him out. Uh, that was overturned to a no contest, but it was a split when it was called. Um, so he's been competitive. Uh, the Augusto Sakai fight, some people thought he won. So it, it is kind of like dangerous to pick against him, but... I'm I'm convinced Bozer is good enough to be at least a mid-tier heavyweight, maybe not a top 10 guy, uh, maybe fringe top 10. And I think he's going to get closer there on Saturday with, uh, I hate to say it, but I think a knockout, uh, knockout of Andre Arlovsky. Casey, what are you going with here? Uh, 
The smart pick seems to be Bozer, but I can see Arlovsky. This is like this kind of modern Arlovsky. He fights, but I don't want to say conservative, but he fights smart. He just um he doesn't really put himself in gunfights anymore. He just uh he can slow the he he can really slow the fight down. So I think Arlovsky's path to victory is almost winning a boring fight, and all of a sudden Tanner looks at the clock and like, oh crap, the fight's almost over, you know, something like that. But if Bozer, I think, comes out there aggressive, uses that small cage to his advantage. I'm pretty confident uh, Tanner, um, Mr. Bozer, will be able to finish Arlovsky within first two rounds. Yeah, it's I got to go with Bozer here. I think he comes out kind of aggressive, but I think he's very patient in his approach. He's very methodical. I think he earns his respect early in this one. I think it will get to the second round, but that's when Bozer really starts to open things up a bit. So I think he stops him before the halfway point of the fight, but uh, should be a fun one. Should be an interesting one. Main card rounds out. Uh, Hione Barcelos, who had 15-1 and in an eight-fight winning streak, 4-0 in the UFC with three finishes, still not ranked in the top 15. That's how good this division <laughs> is. I, cer- I certainly think he's a top 15 35 or right now he just doesn't have the number next to his name he steps in on short notice against a very dangerous guy in khalid taha fun middleweight fight between ian heinish and brennan allen and then it kicks off with a great fight on the main card the always entertaining 115 pound division claudia gadalia versus jan shonan and uh main card kicks off 10 p.m eastern so if you were looking forward to early start time not going to happen this time around prelims at 7 p.m eastern on espn plus wire to wire you can also watch the main card on espn 2 The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And uh, you know what? Let's go to the peeps. You've heard us jabbering enough. I mean, you're still going to hear us jabbering, but uh, <laughs> the peeps will show us the way. So what do we got from the fans? Yes, hit us up. I thought I saw some questions fly yeah. by earlier, but uh, I'm sure there's a bunch yeah. more now. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, ap- apologies to um, our commenters who who continually to remind us that we have a bad connection um actually i think it's my laptop i think my laptop is screwing up because um the connection is actually fine but um things are getting all quirky maybe you have to do some nerdy computer repairs after this but let me take you sorry take your questions we're trying we're trying we're, we're trying we're trying technology people technology this is, this is the this is how it is it's the world we live in now too small but uh yeah we appreciate we appreciate anyone's anyone sticking in there and uh leaving their questions this is a big yeah, important question important yeah. question does yeah, tanner bozier does have now. the best mullet in the ufc yeah 
Some people, some people cut theirs, right? Who, who, who recently lost their mullet? Ricky, Ricky Simone. Simone. Did he cut his? Yeah. See, he would have been probably would have been up there. Uh, but Tanner Bozer, I mean, almost has to be number one now. Does Kiesa have one? Nope. Yeah. No, not anymore. Who, who, who are some of the top mullets? I mean, back in the day, we had Roy Nelson. But who else? Yeah. I, I know. I know. We forget it. I feel like I forget. Are there any? Uh, are there any women fighters rocking a mullet? Ooh, a mullet on, nice. on, nah. on the a mullet on the ladies is very underrated. Yeah, the lady the lady mullets. <laughs> uh, if anyone can think, please please shout out uh, shout out in the comments the lady mullets. Yeah, any or, yeah. Uh, any any of your favorite mullets. Yeah, how about that? We'll we'll appraise. We'll be the we'll judge whether whether we think uh, <laughs> those are better than Tanner Bozer. But right now Tanner Bozer's but something with, about a heavyweight with a mullet too is just special. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> oh, it just looks. Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott. Isn't Tim Elliott have a mullet? Oh yeah, he, yeah. So we so, so we, we have a twenty we have a twenty fiver and a and a big boy sure. with mullet. No? <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. See, it's just the, the sheer volume. He's always gonna Bozer's gonna have the advantage of sheer volume. That's yeah. that's the trick. So. Like if, like if you put Tanner Bozer in your dryer and high heat, he comes out as like shrunk and he's Tim Tim Elliott. That's what I'm assuming happens. Yeah. That's that's a, that's that's, a good way of looking at it. That's science right there. <laughs> uh, Joe Suds is saying that Tim Elliott cut his. I don't remember. Joe Suds in the comments. Says, I see you. He's saying, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'd have to look at that. Uh, Jeremiah K says, Matt Semmelsberger. Uh, I, I know he just fought. I was just going to say. There's, I don't remember what he looks like. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just I was just going to say, there was there was somebody who made his debut and had a win that had a mullet. And T- Tanner Bozier actually like responded to it on twitter is like yeah i heard another mullet had a great performance yay mullets or something like that so yeah there's a couple i think there's, so there's a couple like debuting fighters oh. who got who had mullets oh it's good it's good it's real good i googled it i'm looking at i'm looking at it right now i don't know if I want to throw that up on the screen later but uh yeah there's some very nice oh. wow but it's almost it's almost uh the front wow is- <laughs> no. The, the the front is almost too nice. You know what I mean? It's like I need there to be an imbalance. Like I need to be, I need the mullet to really be emphasized. I think. Um, so I think he needs to to f up his uh, the front of his hair a little bit because he just his hair just looks good in general, uh, and that's not what I'm looking for in a mullet. I'm not looking for just like really good looking hair. I'm looking. I want emphasis on the on the the party side. You know. Oh, you know, has a mullet. Um, I don't know if she she might have grown it out. Um, Amanda Nunes had a mullet for a while. That is very true. Yeah. Amanda and you know what? Two, two division champions. Yeah. So I'm not sure if anything else needs to be said. Actually, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking online. Uh, our, our good friends at ShareDog in May actually wrote an article on the best mullets in MMA. So, so we, are, we, are, we are way behind on, 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 so the, on the mullet uh, so, bandwagon. So look that up, guys. Google ShareDog, best mullets. They got, they got you covered. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Joseph Tavares asks, do you think Santos's knees will affect him tomorrow night, AK? Hells yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, 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 uh, I'm sure. I'm glad to call that time off. Uh, I'm glad I got the surgeries done. Uh, I'm sure it's helping him in his regular life as well. Like I, I think that's the sort of thing you have to do just for your quality of life purposes. Um, but I think he's gonna have to. I mean, it's just normal. I think he, again, like I said, he's 36 years old. I think he's gonna have lost like you know just a half step uh, from from that kind of injury. There's, it's very difficult to recover fully. Um, I mean, we see freak athletes in other sports, the NBA and NFL. Sometimes they come back, but even they're diminished like 80, 85% of what they were in their primes. So that's probably another reason why I'm leaning towards 
uh, to share is because I do think that the athleticism gap is just a little bit smaller than it would have been if this fight happened, obviously, like two years ago. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not saying we'll see like a visible limp or anything, but it's one of those things I think the fighter will know. I think Teixeira will know. I think his team will know. Uh, it, it'll be noticeable to the people involved. Maybe not so much to us um, and maybe maybe to us when the outcome uh, rolls out. We'll see. But, yeah, I, that's I definitely yes for me. Can, can you just remind me on actually what was Tish, uh, Santos's injuries? Did he blow out both knees? What was it? I mean, it, I remember I it, it, was, it, was, ligaments it was crazy. Like, in one, yes, it was multiple ligaments in one of his legs for sure. And yeah, it was like ACL, MCL, PCL, and a torn meniscus in one leg. Yeah. His left knee. Is that the cracked and the, tibia? In his other and one? a cracked tibia. Uh, I'll, I'll read it up here. Yeah. yeah, left left leg, LCL, P, P, all his ligaments, LCL, PCL, MCL, and meniscus, and a cracked tibia, and then a partially torn, and his, and his right leg, partially torn ACL. So just absolutely just legs were destroyed. Sheesh. That, that is what, and, and I thought I thought he actually beat John Jones. I was kind of afraid to say it the night of because I was like, I was like, did, did the Santos win? I felt that way, and like I was, I was with another, another well-known media member, and we're like, I think he did, but like it felt weird at the time, even saying that out loud. I was like, oh, I must be just imagining it, you know. And then John got John got the decision, so I thought maybe I just didn't see it. I don't know. Sometimes you, you just you come into a fight with the too many expectations, maybe. So, um, but yeah, man. I don't. Is Santos gonna be? I just. I, I'm just. I, I just still can't get over the fact that he. That fight was so competitive with John Jones, with one leg completely just gone and the other one partially gone. That's just I don't understand that. Still, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can believe it because John Jones was like for not grappling with him at all, and and that may have been a product of having of of you know Santos's stand-up ability. He might just not be an easy guy to, to kind of close the distance with, right? Like I could say it's easy. Oh, go tie, go go and shoot in for a takedown, and that's you know that's how guys get their their faces need off. Yeah. So, um, so obviously, I'm. This is like backseat driving, criticizing John Jones' strategy again. Look, he ended up winning the fight, so you can only criticize the strategy so much, right? Clearly, he he uh, maybe he was wrong, but clearly he felt he was winning, and at least two out of the three judges agreed with him, which is which is what matters, right? So, uh, I, I still think, like I said, I think we'll see Teixeira use a much more grappling heavy a game plan, which I think John Jones could have done, but. Uh, yeah, I understand why. I, you said you were nervous that night to kind of call it out that you thought Santos won. It's become a very, very popular opinion that yeah. Santos won that fight. I, I don't agree with it, but it was super close. And I certainly would not say that that is one of John Jones's uh, better title defenses. Um, should I acknowledge some of the, some of this ranting in the comments, Truck? What do you think? I see uh, some comments. Yeah, please, to be. please. Should I bother? Should yeah. I bother? Okay, I'll yeah. do it quickly. Uh, they're just asking why aren't why are we not mentioning uh, Luke Thomas on Joe Rogan? I, I just have honestly I haven't watched it yet. I'm, absolutely, I'm going to. Uh, Luke's wait, 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 wait. What, what does it say at the top of the screen? It says Santos to share preview. Yeah, yeah, so, well, exactly. Why would we bring it up? Like, I know I shouldn't. I shouldn't let the. I shouldn't but let we can, the we can, guys. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say it quickly. I, I, I'm a. I love Luke Thomas. Luke Thomas is great. Uh, I only got to work with him for a bit, but I mean, I think Luke is fantastic, and I'm, I'm actually super excited to watch. Uh, watch how things went on Rogan because I'm sure I think he's someone who uh, will call Rogan on some of his stuff. I know they're friends, but I do think that they'll they actually have reasonable discussions about things. And uh, yeah, no, I think it'll be great. So anyone who watched it, I'm, uh, please love, shout out in the comments how great it was. I don't know, but I haven't seen it yet. It's three hours long, but I, uh, I'll definitely throw it up probably sometime this weekend. Yeah, Luke is great. There's no beef with MMA fighting and Luke. So uh, you guys, if you just leave off it, otherwise, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll spam ban someone. But uh, yeah, shout out to Luke. Looks great. 
Yeah, I, I don't listen to Rogan that often, but I did listen to that one, and it was really good. So shout out to Luke. Did a great job. Drank some whiskey with with Joe Rogan, and they had a good conversation talking about USADA and fighter pay and a whole bunch of other stuff. So yeah, and Rog- Rogan didn't know a lot of the stuff, which was kind of interesting, and you know, kind of hearing his response to stuff. So I would hi- highly recommend going and listening to that. Good on Luke Thomas. That's that, that's good for him. Huge moment to get on a show like that. It's like the biggest podcast on planet Earth. So good on him. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. But this is, you know, the Santos versus Teixeira preview show. It's not like we're dogging. <laughs> questions, people. Fight questions. Yeah. Come on. Fight questions. Come on. Yeah. What, do you, yes. what is up? What is up with this drama? I feel trying to stir up drama. Um, but but what, what are some fame, well-known fighters who had devastating knee injuries and came back better or yeah. stronger? Or, well, uh, I mean, to me, the, 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 the best one is Habib. Habib was out for like a year and a yeah. half, almost two years of a blown knee, and um, yeah. we don't. That's not even a part of the conversation anymore. So I think that's really interesting. Um, so as far he, as he like, is young, he is younger, younger than mm-hmm. uh, Tiago Santos is. Yeah, and it was only uh, one GSP knee. Well. <laughs> oh yeah, G- GSP. Yeah. yeah, before the Condit fight. Yeah, before yeah. The, before the Condit fight. Yeah, uh, GSP. also tore an ACL and yeah. So, but again, Tony age-wise. Ferguson. Think, sure. Tony. Uh, yeah, Tony Ferguson. I, I would say he probably maybe lost a little bit of a step after the injury, but again, that's more age. I think Tony Ferguson, when it happened, he was like 35. So again, around the same age as Tiago Santos is. Uh, we said Habib. Habib was when did, when did Habib have that injury? Either way, he would have been like his late 20s, uh, and GSP would have also been, I think, in his late 20s, early 30s. So it, it really has more to do with age, uh, as much as much as the severity of the injury, of course, as we mentioned with Tiago Santos, just everything uh, got torn up, but. Um, the age, the age definitely matters. So you combine all those things, and you're gonna have you're gonna have diminished performances. Which fight are we sleeping on the most? One of my favorite questions. This is gonna come wait, up wait, at some point. Mean, wait, which fight are we like? Do we think are we sleeping on like in a bad way, or what's our sleeper pick? Yeah, yeah under the radar, the under the radar fight of the night. <laughs> trying that's how yeah. now I'm trying to serve some drama. Now you're stirring it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got stir the pot. Whoa, and wait, sorry. I didn't realize Anthony Burchak is back in the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is uh, stepping in short notice. Oh, is that for, what it is? Okay. Uh, Felipe, yes, Felipe Calaris tested positive for COVID 19. So uh, Anthony okay. Burchak is returning to the UFC. Uh, Mike, do you want to take this one first or shall I? I mean, listen, I, I, I am all in on Alexander Romanoff right now. I'm excited to see him versus. Uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, that one I have circled for under the radar. It's always good to see Giga Chikadze. He's taking on a newcomer. Kind of expect that to be a showcase fight. No no disrespect to Jamie Simmons, just the way that it is. Darren Elkins versus Eduardo Garagori should be a lot of fun because Elkins is just such a just such a savage. You can't put him down. Can't hurt the man. He'll keep coming back. And Garagori's 13-1. Very, very legit guy. That's a fun fight at 45. If you really, like, dissect this whole card from start to finish, it's sneaky good. It's a sneaky good card. It's kind of like – it's a little more competitive than last week's card. Like, last week's card had a lot of great finishes, but it was a lot of, like, overwhelming favorites treating their opponents accordingly. I don't think we're going to see that as much here mm-hmm. on tomorrow night's card. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, uh, I think all of us here got, like – 
almost the entire we do our picks uh, on the side i think all of us got either the preliminary or maybe got one wrong and it was, it was a seven fight seven fight prelims six seven fights last week uh, and yeah, yeah we all like yeah there's so many heavy favorites and if you just went chalk you you got them all uh this one yeah there's a lot more like you said i'm all in on romanov but delima is really experienced like i think that's the exact perfect test for him at this time uh darren elkins and garagori i mean elkins again i i think is i would pick but he is on a four fight losing streak so who knows? And Garagori's Gar- talent for sure. Darren Elkins so, um, on a four fight losing streak? What? I believe he is on a four fight losing streak. Ever since his like his run of insane comebacks, he just hasn't quite been able to get back on the Schneid. But oh, he's had some right. tough matchups. Oh, you're right. Here, here's yeah. the losing streak though. Volkan- Volkanovsky, yeah, Ricardo Lamas, uh, the pound for pound number one fighter in the world, Ryan Hall, uh-huh. <laughs> and then and then yeah. a, an absolute like super violent fight with yeah. uh, with Nate Landwehr which some people thought he won actually uh, and, he got and, busted up real early and, and and he was still just shocked by the Ryan Hall loss that there was no way he was going to his next one too i mean he's right uh, yeah just he was like, I, I can understand being just still gun shy of, of facing anyone after the, okay. the the k1 level striking that ryan hall <laughs> put on him <laughs> so casey do you, by your math you do like to say sometimes when guys are due on, on losing streaks is he, is he due for a win are you is he a lock because he's on he's a four of the last four straight <laughs> yeah so yeah if, you, if you're if you're if you've lost more than four fights in the ufc i go you have to win your next one so yes um uh yeah put put all your money on the damage that's what i'm that's my financial gambling advice for, to, for today is wow that oh, okay we can't do that <laughs> we Don't. cannot legally do that <laughs> open a disclaimer uh, somewhere open up your bank accounts empty out your 401k oh okay that's all right i this does not represent the views it's of going, uh, mma fighting or sp nation darren elkins is literally zero possibility darren oh, elkins can lose five in a row it just doesn't the it math seems, doesn't work it's like flipping a coin right it's flipping five head five heads or tails in a row it's like mathematically like, literally impossible unlikely. literally yeah. impossible uh to answer the original question uh <laughs> as tempted as i am to uh say trevin on bevin which was an unexpected surprise trevin on bevin i think i know has everyone excited uh <laughs> I think I think uh, Max Actually, Griffin and Rami and Ramiz Bri- Bra- Brahimaj is going to be real good. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen Brahimaj, I think you can see a lot of his stuff on Fight Pass. I think he was fighting on LFA. Um, maybe it was before Fight Pass, but I think you see some of his stuff on Fight Pass uh, and maybe on highlights on YouTube. But this guy is a really really exciting fighter, uh, and I think Max Griffin is is also the right guy to uh, to welcome him. So Griffin, another guy kind of looking to break out of, break out of a little slump. Uh, four out of his last five. So again, by the Casey measurement. Uh, Matt Griffin is due. So if you parlay <laughs> Matt Griffin and Elkins, you can't go wrong. I'll, I, I think I think my number one under the radar fight is on the main card. Ian Heinish versus Brandon Allen. That is a good fight. It's oh, a yeah. really good matchup. Allen coming off the first round finish. There you go. Allen coming off the a tough fight against Dacus. Heinish coming off the first round finish win over Gerald Mearshard, who's friend and teammate of brendan allen so there's a little bit of history there in high is not a fan of brendan allen and vice versa so that's gonna be a fun fight a little bit of a, a little bit of an 85 rivalry here guys trying to make that next step uh ma with friends think this is gonna be the fight of the night yeah, very possible a it's a good very main possible card. Fight of the night wise, really yeah, good. That does that Heinish Allen does feel like uh as fight of the night and it but yeah it's super durable dudes you know I can see him and both just i can just see bashing each other's faces in for a good 14 minutes until one goes down so um i'm, I'm hoping for it to finish but uh yeah actually that um the fight doesn't really have too much title i mean nothing too much as far as like you know who's next for those guys but in terms of just pure high level violence 
Saturday night, yeah, I would go with that one. <laughs> Brandon Allen training at Sanford MMA for that for this fight, leaving no longer. Well, I don't know if he's no longer with Rufus Ward, but at least for this camp, he was at Sanford MMA. Where, where is Sanford MMA? Florida. Florida. Florida okay. for, former heart. Formerly known as Hard Knocks 365. Okay, that's what it was. Right, I, I, right. I kept yes, changing yes. their names. Okay. Um, Brendan Allen will be four and zero. I mean, he might be a little bit cl- not. Uh, he'll be closer. He'll be closer to a rank. Oh, he's already. Is he already ranked? I don't, I don't think, think he's so, ranked. Right? He will be. He's three and zero. He will be because Heinish is ranked. I think. I think Heinish is one of the ranked fighters in this card. Yeah, Heinish is currently fifteenth in the UFC's official rankings. So, uh, yes, he'll take his spot quite logically. Um, yeah, I think that fight looks good. However, again, uh, Casey, he's won three. He's three and zero. Is he due for a loss? I need to like the math here. I feel like is important. I feel like we have to look beyond just the matchups <laughs> and the analysis and really just read the tea leaves uh, and who's due for a win, who's due for a well, loss. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you have to watch Highness Allen because you know you don't want to be you don't want to you don't want to have um, fear of missing out of when Allen takes his uh, first UFC loss. You know, <laughs> you don't want you uh, know, FOMO, which he very well could. Yeah, so you got to tune in. I mean, matchup. that that's that's the selling point of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple more. Potential- yeah. Um, not too many questions, but I mean, we have, we can questions about other things, but um, guys, let's talk about let's so talk about the cards. I see some s- questions being repeated. Okay, yeah, let's go well, ahead. Let's talk, let's talk about the cards on Saturday, guys and ladies. Um, <laughs> Bellator Tribal Lands, all that. <laughs> um, Should we just that quickly? Yeah, he did, yeah. He did, he did shout us well, out on Twitter, Mike. Well, Tan Gwyn uh, shouted us on Twitter. So uh, he's asking some Bellator questions. There was a couple. Uh, I don't know if he's still in the. Oh stream. yeah, we Tan, go, here, if he's still in the shout I, us out. Oh yeah, we we'll we answered uh, Tan here. Yeah, that's the yeah that's one of the questions he was asking. Um, I don't know what I'll say this. There, there, well, can there we can, can read the question for our, our podcast? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Mike. Go, yeah, Mike. Do you want to read? Do you want to read the question? Sure. Why doesn't the MMA media make a fuss about Bellator holding fights on tribal land when COVID cases and deaths are spiking? Uh, okay, so there's not really a direct like it's it's a very leading question. I think anyone who <laughs> I think anyone who just listened to what Mike my read it's a very leading question. Um, look, we we look we gave a lot of crap to the UFC uh, for holding up for you know starting things up again in the pandemic and for good reason. There there was a lot of uncertainty there. Um, but to the, their credit, to the to the credit to the UFC and their staff, they have uh, introduced a lot of ideas and a lot of protocols and things that a lot of other companies and organizations have followed, which is essentially what Bellator is doing. So, uh, yes, the, look, there should always be scrutiny, um, especially, you know, positive tests are coming out, things like that. There should always be scrutiny. But I don't know if there needs to be an overt fuss about Bellator specifically. I think just in general with sports, whether we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, MMA, whether you're talking about the NBA, college football uh you know we have to have some thought to like make sure is everything being done right but there's only so many articles we can write about about safety protocols again because we 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 did talk about a lot if if of course if it turns out there's some sort of impropriety going on or 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 of uh, covid cases among belter fighters that'd be a huge story of of course but seeing as it's not the case they do seem to be uh following protocols they have a plan they have a bubble there's just not no reason to to make a huge fuss about it, I suppose, as as Tan puts it. So uh, I don't know if that's a satisfying answer, but again, um, th- there comes a point where you can only write so much about it before it's it's uh, a non-issue um, as it pertains to MMA. Yeah, to yeah, me, they uh, have a they have a bubble, and they're on tribal lands. Like the, it's a little bit looser, obviously, with tribal land. They kind of the tribes run the rules as they see fit. They still have to 
follow like CDC procedures and stuff, but in terms of like commission and things like that, they can get away with a little bit more. Not saying that's what happens here, but they have this whole like fight sphere setup. Like everything is very protected, very bubble like, just like kind of like the NBA, not as not as crazy, but still very good. And Anyone who's tested positive before they stepped in the cage, they've caught them and removed them from the card. Like we lost two main card fights a week ago mm-hmm. due to COVID positive COVID tests. Like they're catching it. So until something happens, like AK said, this, you can't really say anything. You can't complain. You can't really make a fuss about it. Yeah, to me, if if Bellator was doing something on the tribal lands that you couldn't do, say, if you were doing the fight in Vegas, like they're not having fans in the arena. They're not doing something that's that's uh, just, you know, you can't do anywhere else. So they're following all the procedures correctly. And uh, if anything, it's safer with the bubble because right now the Vegas fights are not in a bubble. They just kind of just guys don't catch it when you're in Vegas, basically. And, uh, yeah, and and I would like to say this, too. This is actually, to me, a positive for the tribal lands because since they are following all the, the proper health uh, health restrictions, uh, that they are, Bellator is you know, paying for this arena, paying for hotels, paying for things like that. So this is actually helping out the, uh, the uh, economy for um, the, financial, the financials for um, that casino and hotel. So um, I understand your concern, Tan Win, but um, I think uh, Bellator is good. Yeah, Showtime boxing, asking. they're in the same spot too. Yeah. So yeah. They're, doing, yeah. they're running boxing events. They're just kind of intertwining. Tam was also asking, I'll just touch on this quickly, uh, yeah. why is Leslie Smith not complaining about Bellator or something like that? And I'm like, Leslie Smith, to this day, if you, any interview she does, she always is still talking about fighter rights. Uh, it's just uh, she had a much more contentious relationship with the UFC. Now, I mean, now could that happen with Bell with Bellator someday? Yeah, I don't know, maybe. But as far as we know right now, it's again, she just doesn't have an issue with that. It was, ne- and remember, you got to remember Liz Smith, it was never her targeting the UFC. That was never the point of her. If you read any of her interviews with any nuance, it was a, the general issue of fighter rights overall. So when she was complaining about this stuff, you can throw Bellator under that as well. So I don't know if, uh, if Tan is uh, wondering, like, why, if she should be more vocal about, I don't know, something going on with Bellator. But again, she talks about fighter rights all the time. Assume that includes Bellator and assume that includes every major promotion. So, um, yeah, there's no conspiracy. It's not like she just got a new boss and decided to stop complaining about this issue. She talks about it constantly. Yeah. Uh, Do one more. Oh, one more. Um, thank you. Thank you. For the, thank you for the questions, Tim. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I think there are several. Oh, I mean, I read questions. I don't really see too much here. Guys, yeah. this is your chance. Ask yeah. anything. Well, hopefully about this weekend's card more, more uh, ideally. Uh no, we're not going to talk about. It. We're not. We are not going to bring up if COVID is a hoax because it is not a hoax. So, <laughs> uh, oh, we're at that I part of the chat now. <laughs> yeah, geez. With that being said, yeah, God, boy. listen, stay positive out there. I know it's a, especially in the United States, things are very crazy right now with uh, the election and COVID and all that stuff. So, hopefully. MMA, we can use this as a distraction of some kind to just get our minds off the, the chaos and focus on fun stuff. Like MMA is supposed to be fun. We talk about this every week and on to the next one. That's why we do these programs. So, you know, if you have if you have AMA type questions, save them for tomorrow because we'll be back here tomorrow night after the event to, to recap all the hostility, all the festivities with each and every single one of you. So 
We're getting out of here. I got to go pick up my kid at school. For AK Lee, <laughs> E. Casey Lydon, I am Mike Heck. We will see you tomorrow night. Thank you for watching. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.